Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability. This is a podcast where we rewatch old movies to see how they hold up in the modern era with our modern eyes. <laughs> uh, my name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Ravila Laron Faratu. That's the worst organist name I've ever heard. <laughs> And I should say that we're part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. But before we get into everything, we just want to say thank you to our Patreons. Yes. Thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash rewatchability. You are our lifeblood. <laughs> we are. We're definitely sucking you dry you over at Patreon. You keep us young. <laughs> eternal. Oh, God. Your eyes are so wild. Come with us. Patreon. <laughs> Com slash rewatchability. <laughs> and you can get the podcast early and ad-free yes. and uh, classic episodes there also ad-free. So, mm-hmm. yeah, check that out. Episodes that never grow old. <laughs> <laughs> As we talk about how old this movie has grown. It's pretty old. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's get into the movie, Rob. This is The Lost Boys. Yes. It was, a, it was kind of a big movie for me when I was a kid. When did you first see it? I didn't see it until later. I believe that I rented it at one point when I was in university just as something to watch. Okay. I was pretty stoked that Ted from Bill and Ted was in it. Or is it <laughs> Alex Bill? Winter? Yeah, yeah I don't Alex know. Winter. Yeah. I mean, he's like the lowest vampire on the totem pole, but yeah. I'm like, I'm just glad to see that guy somewhere. He's he's a low-hanging fruit, like literally, <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, but it was nice to see him. It was good to see him. Yeah. Um, and I also love seeing young Kiefer Sutherland. I already sort of knew who he was and had a few favorite performances of his. And so I thought it was a really cool movie. And, you know, I love the Corey Feldman. Yeah. I love 
the sort of like 80s feel of it. Uh, I hadn't watched in a long time simply because it's a vampire movie. Right. And, you know, you really have to be in a vampire zone. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to do this for for Halloween. You were like, "Well, it has that kind of back to school vibe too, where you like it's a new new thing you're doing." Well, I, they don't actually go to school in yeah. the movie, but they do move to a new town. Yeah, so it's that's like, part of the theme. And there's a lot like of a like new group of people they have to be with. It feels very end of summer because yeah. they spend a lot of time at the amusement park, and it's dark out. You know? Yeah, like the CNE or whatever. Yeah, in Toronto, that's what we have is amusement park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all no, nobody's wearing shorts. <laughs> no, no, they're all wearing like really long jackets. Yeah, because it's the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, film was done by uh, Schumacher, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, directed by him, and... the director of uh, best known for Batman's. Forever and ever just, and ever. He just wants everything to exist forever. This is yeah. <laughs> this is uh, mo. And it was in 1987. So the fashion is so big in this movie. Yeah, and everyone's hair is also likewise big. It's very like punk, new wave, gothy yeah. Yeah, sort yeah. of vibes. There's like lots of really great shots of what they call Santa Clara, and it's just yeah. You see all these people with like mohawks and like dyed asymmetrical hair and like yeah. wearing like you know ripped jeans and stuff like that and it's so it's so great uh, just off the top just it's a product of his time because there's like malls and this boardwalk and it has like a comic book store and it has a video store it yeah. just uh, very much brought me back to the 80s yeah and before before the apocalypse happened and the <laughs> Comic book stores and video game stores were uh, destroyed. Yes. Yeah. Atomic <laughs> weapons. Um, <laughs> but I, when was the first time that you saw this, Blade? Uh, I saw this in like the early 90s. Um, we got it on videotape from the store. Okay. Uh, my uh, mom rented movies a lot. It was kind of the, the cheap thing to do. We couldn't go to the movies a lot. Yeah. And we were pretty poor, so we rented movies a lot. And, uh, and I, yeah, absolutely fell in love with this movie when I was a kid. Wow. Um, it was just really creepy at the same time as having that I didn't really move anywhere. The The biggest move I had was like a kilometer down the street. Right. And that's less than a mile and it, for it our American listeners. And it broke your listeners. heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were just lost. You were a lost I was a lost boy. boy. <laughs> yeah. And so I always kind of had that, uh, you know, a little bit of um, a fantasy of like moving to a new town, what that would bring. And, right. And this uh, was that. Let me tell you, Blaine. It fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, no. I did it later. First of all, there are vampires <laughs> everywhere. You have to wear garlic all the time. Yeah. It's just a hassle. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I love this movie and I really – yeah, because it was about kids too, like the younger uh, brother, right. uh, Corey Haim in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved the fact that like kids had some agency in the movie. I loved the Goonies. The Frog Brothers too. Yeah. Corey Feldman, the exactly. other Corey. The other Corey. <laughs> the there two are two Corys, Corys if you there hadn't heard. There are only two Corys. Yes. And some guy – Who's not a Corey? I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Not a Corey. You know, I looked up on IMDb and it wasn't a Corey and I just forgot who he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead to me. He's dead to me Aww, now. Yeah. Uh, poor guy. Should have been named better. Anyway, so I, I absolutely loved it and I had watched it like throughout my life here and there, mainly around Halloween and uh, I haven't seen it in about 10 years. So I'm, I was excited to go back and watch it and to see if it, it held up and, and – uh, and to see if it was as exciting as I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Okay. After, I'm excited. We'll get into that right now. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, what the plot is for those who haven't seen The Lost Boys. Lost Boys. So it starts 
at a carnival. <laughs> there are some really tough-looking bleached blonde dudes, and they start picking a fight with some other dudes on a carousel. Yeah, the fight they pick is the weirdest, like, dance fight thing where... Uh, it's pretty Ke- West Side Story. Kiefer Sutherland goes up with his gloved hand and, like, touches a girl on the cheek, and then her boyfriend literally pushes her head away from his hand, like, doesn't push his hand away. He's like, get out of there, Jenny! Uh, and, like, she... Car- like <laughs> runs off the carousel and uh, and then they start fighting over her and she gets like thrown around a lot which is just in the seat I feel bad for her is what I'm saying yeah but this sets up the entire story because uh, <laughs> I don't know there's some like young kids having petty fights or yeah. are they yeah well the security guard chokeholds <laughs> for Sutherland so that guy was going to become a cop uh, that's good. <laughs> so, or he used to be a cop. Yeah, or he used to be a cop. He yeah. got busted down. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, and then later on, the security guard who wronged them, who scorned them, is out getting going back to his car, and he gets attacked. Yes, from above by a, a, a dolly. Uh, <laughs> the camera dollies into him and attacks him. Oh, yeah. There are some there are some squeaky bat noises too. Oh, are there? Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Oh, That's there hilarious. are. Whenever they fly behind the camera because they never show the Lost Boys flying. Right. They're just like bat squeak, bat squeak, bat squeak. <laughs> if they had another million dollars, they could have done the the actual bats, yeah, but they, you know. they could. Um but yeah, they like carry that guy off and murder. That's him. why Joel Schumacher made Batman. <laughs> He's like, I could have done a bat movie. I can do that. That's a all bat I wanted movie. to do. <laughs> um, so that kind of yeah, that's the cold open to the movie, and mm-hmm. uh, we wonder like, what's killing things in the in Santa Cruz, Santa, Santa Clara, Clara. Right. diet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut to Diane Weist. Yep. The world's greatest mom. I was so glad she was in this. Yes. I totally forgot she was in this. Me too. She's great. She's, Have you seen Life in Pieces? No. She's hilarious in that. Yeah? She's so good, yeah. I mean, we just talked about so many movies where she is the mom that the kids can turn to yeah. when there is a problem. Edward and it's really hands? disappointing that she doesn't fucking listen to him this time. <laughs> Come on, <True>. Diane. <laughs> You're better than that. Don't be a waste. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So she uh, she's moving her family, which is uh, her model son and yep. her other model son. Uh, to this uh, to this new town, yeah, and they're moving from Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, I say, uh, which is apparently like the fashion capital of the world. Those two kids are dressed to the nines in like the new fashion, yeah, which today looks like somebody tumbled through a value village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ran through another like aha video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to live with their grandpa because they've just been through a divorce and things are really hard and yeah. you know, their grandpa by the way is a bit of a character like there's some weird things about him too he's a taxidermist i think yeah he, he has all be. these dead animals or he goes to valley village way too much and he's also <laughs> very particular about his shelf on the fridge yeah mm. that's true mm. Mm. <laughs> Just uh, just put a bookmark on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they sort of start to explore the town. They go to the carnival as a family. Yeah. And while they're there, the older kid, played by Jason Patrick, whose name is Michael 
he spots a girl off in the distance. Yeah, and, and he's like, "I must have her." <laughs> and uh, and how he kind of um, tells the girl he likes her is he just stares at her until she runs away. He pouts. I mean, the staring that I think will work eventually. <laughs> Don't stare at women or girls. There's no dudes. there's no cell phone, so she's running away to a payphone to call the cops. Right now. <laughs> uh, well, especially since that carnival has no more security. Exactly. Yeah, that guy's dead. Uh, also, they go to like watch a band that is. Uh, mm. What the fuck is with this band? Oh my god, that band was amazing. They were ripped. Like they, it was just like washboard abs all the way through that band. Yeah, like I have to describe this for the viewers because I want to turn them on. (laughs) I'm really afraid of you doing this. It's this jacked dude with like a ponytail and like he's wearing like a little speedo thing. Someone's like taking an olive oil bottle and just doused him with it. And baby. He's playing the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's so good. And I, I was compelled by the power of Christ to <laughs> to look up this guy. Oh, amazing. What, who was he? Well, I looked him up. His name is Tim Capelli, I oh. believe. And he had quite the career. This song is called, I think, Hearts of Fire. But he was... He toured for many years and played with Miss Tina Turner. Oh, my God. Yeah. And in, like, some re-recorded version of Proud Mary, he played saxophone and did the Ike part. (laughs) And he would perform, apparently, just in a (laughs) G-string. I like. I don't doubt it. This guy was like the most well bit. Like, and he was he was tanned. As, he, it was just like a beach dude, right? But the band like sounded like some sort of like weird like Talking Heads Tears for Fears mashup. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird and so awesome. Like I would just. I would buy that band's album. I would oh go to a God. record store, track it yeah, down. Just just for the cover. Because you know it's going to be good. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I like the saxophone too. <laughs> but this girl yeah. that Mike has sort of had his eye on, she actually approaches him while he's considering getting some sort of dirty carnival ear piercing. <laughs> We do it with the railroad spike. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Put your head on the track. <laughs> Damn carnies. And she sort of like indicates for him to come with her. Now, he's already seen that she rides with Kiefer. So, I mean, his romantic dreams have already been thrown into question. But here she is beckoning him to come yeah. with her and – he does, and he meets this whole gang, the Lost Boys. Yeah, Alice Winter, Kiefer Sutherland, two other guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you're Bill Below Alex Winter, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they apparently want him to hang out with them. They sort of race him, you yeah. know, invite him to like ride with them. Along the misty highway. It's like these guys just need like uh, a class in how to be friends with people. It's hard for men, you know. <laughs> but down the eighties, that's it was why bad. they invented podcasts <laughs> so men could keep friendships together. 
Blaine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have called. Yeah, no, well, they, we like... wouldn't have to watch all these movies if you did. <laughs> they, like, challenge him kind of to a race through the woods in the fog to death. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a weird way of being, like, want to hang out? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, machismo, like, you yeah. know. You yeah. just be like, want to play some Mario? Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, (laughs) but they eventually take them back to their weird cave, which has a prominent Jim Morrison shrine. (laughs) Yeah. And it looks exactly like Robert Patrick, too. Like his hair is all curled and he has like the jaw. You think that's what Robert Pattinson's going for? (laughs) I wish it was Robert Pattinson. I can't wait for a fat Robert Pattinson face. (laughs) But I hope he makes it longer than 33 or 27 or whatever it was. Anyway. There, they sort of play some vampire games with him. Yeah. Which is like, vampires can make you see things? Well, yeah. I I didn't know that about the vampire lore. I think that is well established in Dracula and other things, that they can sort of project illusions onto you. So It's an illusion, Michael. (laughs) That's what (laughs) Kiefer should have said. So Kiefer feeds Mike some... Chinese food, some rice. Yeah. He's like, oh, you don't like rice? But it's maggots! <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he doesn't like that. No. He doesn't like that. He spits it out. Some noodles. Oh, they're worms! Ah! Oh, gotcha! They weren't worms. They were just noodles. Vampires. And then he's like, oh, drink this, uh, this blood. And he's like, oh, it's not blood. It's got to be wine. Because... Uh, you fooled me twice before. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's how vampires get you. <laughs> it's the three times the charm rule. <laughs> <laughs> so he drinks the blood of the head vampire. Yeah. Whoever Out of a janky ass bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some like off market wine. <laughs> You'd get like it looks like it was fished out of the pier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a message inside. It's awful. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Michael, Michael, don't. You don't have to, Michael. Michael, 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 Michael. Yeah, it's sure. Yeah, but he drinks that uh, thinking it's wine and then immediately trips balls for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's some of that strong wine. I wish I had that wine. And they, like, bring him to some bridge and... uh, you know, they're going to do like a stand by me thing because (laughs) Kiefer (laughs) and Corey Feldman are very comfortable with... Train bridges. <laughs> the danger that that poses. And uh, they all, like, jump down and then start working out on these pull-up bars uh, below the bridge. Uh, and the other – you know, Michael jumps down too because he wants to prove his worth as a man. Well, he thinks he's going to die. He's, like, hanging there for quite a while and, you know, eventually he lets go and, you know, yeah, he's alive. Yeah. Well, in his bed the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With an ear piercing. <laughs> yeah, that's like right. Like he went back to the carnival that <laughs> night? I don't understand how he got the ear piercing. Kiefer gave it to him. <laughs> they were on the railroad. <laughs> they were right there. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Meanwhile, though, his brother has also you know, made a new friend, some new friends at yeah. the carnival, because they went to this comic shop, and that's where he meets 
for the first time in cinema history, the other Corey, the meeting of the Corys. And the other dude. I don't remember what his name is. Yeah, there's another guy there. Yeah, and he's Corey Feldman is playing, and the other guy are playing these two vampire hunters, Edgar and Alan Frog. Yeah, because Poe was too much. Well, it sounds like a cartoon version of Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe for kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, baby raven, never more, never more. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the telltale heart is just saying ribbit in the floor. But Corey Feldman sort of warns him mm-hmm. in an oblique way that something isn't right in Santa Clara. He gives him a comic book called Vampires Everywhere. <laughs> Which was the first name of improv everywhere. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's mass uh, biting of nets. Crowd. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't exactly. get a crowd. But uh, uh, they are 13 and they own a comic book store. That's very confusing to me because they chase people off who steal the comic books. Like, I don't understand. Are they the owners? They're just giving out comic books for free. What's I don't know. Maybe their dad owns it or something. I don't know. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, to be frank, there weird. was fucking vampires in this. So I was a little bit occupied. <laughs> okay, man. All right. Okay. If you're worried about the vampires, that's fair. Yeah. So he is kind of reading this comic. He's learning about vampires. He's a little scared. Uh, and then at the same time, Dan Weist is meeting maybe her new beau. Mm-hmm. Yes, because she's gotten a job at the video store. Yeah. And her boss, who is Grandpa Gilmore. Oh, from the Gilmore Girls? Yeah. I've never watched that. Oh, Blame. Is it good? They, right. they talked very fast. I can't do it. I'm no Rory Gilmore. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, so he was in the Gilmore because I didn't recognize him from anything. Oh, I recognize him from so many things. Like he's a he was a great character actor. Yeah. He passed away a couple of years ago, but this was uh. definitely the youngest I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the first time where I think he was given any sort of romantic prowess. Yeah. But because he, you know, he sort of. Uh, hitting on Diane Weist, and uh, he has some romantic intentions for hiring her, which now we know is bad. Like, <laughs> don't if you if you have an employee, you shouldn't make romantic overtures to them because that you're in a position of power. Yeah, Blaine. <laughs> I just wanted one date. He <laughs> uh, he hires her. And then immediately asked her on a date. Yeah. He's like, uh, so I hired you, so you have to date me now. I would hold up for a paycheck. <laughs> just the first. Yeah. Two yeah, weeks yeah. later, you know? Yeah. Just to make sure he's, he's a good or, paid actor. Or wait for the three-month probationary period to be over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Could have fired her the next date. Could have fired her the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so she's kind of a little smitten. There's something happening there. And uh, all three characters that moved to this new town are. And the grandpa's dating, too. That's right, yeah. yeah. They, they're a horny bunch. <laughs> That's what this movie was originally called. The Horny, the bunch. horny bunch. It was a Western. It was uh, yeah. really inappropriate. Yeah, but so Corey Haim immediately almost suspects that his brother is turning into a vampire because his brother, you know, he starts sweating. He looks pale. It could just be he's a junkie. <laughs> But Corey Haim goes straight to vampire, which is disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, you know, he wants to think the best of his brother. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best. <laughs> he calls him when he he suspects that his brother is a vampire. He calls him a shit sucking vampire. Which Corey Haim, I don't think you know how vampires work. <laughs> 
oh, God, it's blood. <laughs> He's like, I want to be a vampire too. No, Corey, don't do it. Yeah. It's blood. Yeah. Suck blood. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So he has to ask the Frog Brothers to sort of help him, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what to do with his brother. Yeah, and they're like, kill him. Just murder him right away. They're all for killing. They want to murder everyone in this town. Anybody who's a vampire anyway, or anybody yeah. that they suspect of being a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Because there's even like this little kid vampire later and, you know, yeah. he's about to turn. He's like a half vampire. And Corey's like, let's kill him. Yeah, and he's been, we see him on like a, cart- a carton of milk. On a milk carton. Yeah, exactly, at one point. That's very 80s, too. Yeah, Like, this sure. movie really captures the zeitgeist of the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, the really music and stuff and, like, the that weird first song with the chanting of the thou shalt not kill. Yes. Like, it's so weird. I kind of love it, though. I, I – feel the same way okay, great it's, it's so, so weird. cheesy yeah and so yeah that's the song that was written for the movie i think it's called it's something like come to me sister or something like that right and it's so like it's not isn't it probably like in excess or something like that like it's like no in excess by... did some other songs for this okay. movie yeah. i think yeah because joel this... schumacher like did some videos or like or like a live thing for them yeah directed something for them yeah yeah but yeah yeah. Vampires. <laughs> They're everywhere, like the comic book says. Yeah. So Diane Weiss keeps on trying to go on dates with Max. Right. And we, we sort of get, like, the sense that perhaps he could be a vampire because at one point he comes to their house and he asks Michael to invite him in. Yeah. And we know about vampires that you need to invite them in. Yeah. And he comes to dinner at their house. Diane Weiss makes dinner. Yep. And Corey Hay invites the Frog Brothers to dinner so that they can check whether or not he is the vampire. Yeah. And there's weird interactions. It's like a weirdly written scene at the dinner table where Corey Hay's <laughs> like, would you like some Parmesan? He's like, yeah, I'll take some Parmesan. I'm a, I'm a flesh and blood human being. Who doesn't love Parmesan? And then... Corey Haim was like, here, have it. And I was like, uh, he graded it himself. Isn't he so great? Who? Anyone can grate cheese, Diane Weist. Get over it. <laughs> Come on now. It's it's just a weird interaction. So Don't he- shame him for not being able to grate cheese until this point in his life. <laughs> he didn't have the coordination. <laughs> Kept on shaving his fingers, too. Yeah, so he eats it. The garlic doesn't affect him. And it's fine. Yeah, but he's like, oh, this is raw garlic. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, kid? God damn you. You want some Parmesan cheese on that? Uh, yeah, Sam, thank you very much. Sam grated the cheese himself. Oh. My son. Another budding chef in the family. <coughs> Are you all right? Mm-hmm. Mm. No, it's not cheese. It's it's garlic. <coughs> but you hate garlic, don't you? No, I like garlic. It's just a little much. <laughs> it's raw garlic. Garlic? How did that happen? Guys, you like garlic? Sorry. Yeah, and then they like they like have the Corys turn off the lights, and they're like, "Oh, it's a circuit must have broken." Yeah. And then they use this shower mirror to try to see if he has a reflection. Yep. He gets pretty scared. But it seems like he's not a vampire. No, and he realizes what this must be is man of the house. 
You know? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's playing that out, and he's like, you know, I'm not taking your mom away from you. And he seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's like... Stepfather syndrome. But then he says to Diane Weist, let's try this one more time. Like, he's going to give up after that. Like, fuck this. Well, I think that's fair. I mean, I know. if... I mean, I don't know. I think it's hard, okay? <laughs> you come into a new family. If the kids don't accept you, you know, you have to drink their blood. <laughs> Come here, kids. Give me your blood. This is going to happen. You're not my dad. <laughs> Open a vein. You're just an old vampire. <laughs> but meanwhile, like, the vampirosis is sort of continuing in Michael. He's turning more to a vampire. But also the girl who he likes, whose name is Star, yep. she is also turning more and more into a vampire. But they... You know, they have, like, some real romantic moments. They have some vampire sex. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> Why? They go to the, So they go to the lair, and they're looking for the vampires to be like, oh, my God, hopefully they can cure us or do something, or they're afraid of the vampires. And while they're waiting, they're just like, let's fuck on this huge bed. Danger is an aphrodisiac. Apparently. <laughs> they're also, like going through human withdrawal. Like, they're becoming vampires, so they're all sweaty and shaking, and they're like, this is the best time to have some steamy teen sex. Yeah. Uh, it was just a weird... I don't know. You didn't need bit. it. And I think Schumacher just loves the sexiness of this movie. He just wants that all throughout it, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate that part of his direction so much. Uh, yeah, so they have, they have that. And it's in this, like... Like underground layer that they have that was a used to be a ho- they say it used to be a hotel that fell during an earthquake into this cave. Right. Which is I don't know if that is a true thing that ever happened. I don't know. It sounds like California. <laughs> They're always earthquaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she reveals that he isn't quite a vampire yet. He's only a half vampire, but he needs to feed. And like at one point the Lost Boys bring him out to uh, to the beach to go and feast on some surf Nazis. <laughs> what is going on in this movie? Did you why see are, that? They're surf, surf Nazis. Nazis. I know. It's so freaking weird. And that makes me question, like, everything because, I mean, there's the big debate. Is it okay to punch a Nazi? Is it okay to drink the blood of a Nazi? And then a throw surf the, Nazi? And then throw their dismembered bodies on their own fire? I Presumably yes. burning books in that <laughs> fire? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're the bad guys, but then they're taking out bad guys. So mm, are they vigilantes? Yeah. Are they really good guys? I feel like there should be like a World War II movie about a gang of vampires who are tasked with killing Hitler and turning him into a vampire. <laughs> oh, my God. For the Allies. <laughs> we can use his evil for good. This Winston is a Churchill's horrible movie. Winston Churchill's the head vampire. <laughs> no. Okay, you're right. This is a horrible movie. <laughs> Just being wheeled around. <laughs> oh, but Gary Oldman could play him. Oh, yeah. Good vampire. Good Winston Churchill. Yeah, but he's an old man. And that's vampires are eternal, so I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that joke either. Okay, so, but if he feeds, he becomes full vampire. Yeah. Or he could kill the head vampire and become human again. Well, that's what Corey Feldman has told Corey yeah. Ham. So that will be the way that he can save his brother yeah. and Star and, so they, and little Laddie. <laughs> Milk carton kid. <laughs> and so they go to the cave where these guys are with stakes 
And they just fucking kill Alice Winter right away. <laughs> yeah, they're sleeping upside down. Yeah, like bats do. And uh, Alice Winter like just explodes in front of them. Oh, bogus. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because they're like, we need to hit the head vampire, which is obviously Kiefer. And he's like, nah, let's hit this guy first. Well, one wasn't his, his screams are going to wake everyone up, which they do, and then they chase them all out. The well, sunlight. they don't know that Kiefer's character, David, is the head vampire. Yeah, but he's definitely like the head of the group. I don't know. I mean, he definitely looks like the alpha vampire. Yeah. Do like, vampires have that? I mean, Spike, I know werewolves do. Spike and Buffy had like <laughs> blonde hair too, right? Like white hair. So I think the like alpha vampire always has oh. shock of white hair. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they run away and have to like shore up their in like a Skyfall esque moment. They have to shore up their like house. To, like defend from the vampires. Yeah, they get the they get the all of them back there, and then they know that they're going to attack at night. Yes, once day is over, once the sun is down, so mm. they have to like prep. Like Corey Feldman goes to a Catholic church, interrupting a baptism <laughs> to steal holy water from the font. Yeah, that's pretty great. That was my favorite scene. Yeah, and then like making the the garlic spray in the tub and stuff like that. And it's all just setting up stuff for later. And yeah, and like nice little twists all the way along this like final climax. Yeah. Which is great because the garlic doesn't hurt them, but the holy water sure does. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's great. Yeah, the vampires bite it one by one. One vampire gets shoved into the bathtub. Yeah. Just like Jim Morrison died. Yeah, and then all <laughs> Just imploding. I just the- thought of that. <laughs> Probably a lot of garlic in there too. Do you think Jim Morrison was a vampire? Oh god. Um, and all the pipes in the house burst and implode or whatever. Yeah. And uh, oh my god, yeah. There's just like geyser of blood for no reason. <laughs> like I-, I don't know how Joel Schumacher thinks plumbing works. It's very like Army of Darkness at this point, where it's just like a geyser yeah. blood comes up. <laughs> very Sam Raimi. Corey Feldman does say that uh, vampires die in different ways, exploding, imploding, quietly, and screaming and yelling. Yeah, they're and, like snowflakes. Exactly. And every vampire dies in each way he describes at the end of this movie, which I thought was kind of fun. Very That's, satisfying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they kill the rest of the vampires pretty much. And then Kiefer Sutherland is voiced upon like deer horns. Well, I mean, they first of all, like Michael, Jason Patrick, first of all, he sort of like gets his vampire power. So like right. they are almost evenly matched. And then they sort of like air dance for a while. <laughs> like it's a little bit romantic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little sexy. It's a bit sexy. Yeah. And like I- <laughs> I mean, this may be out of line, but I think judging from Joel Schumacher and judging from the Batman movies, Blaine, I, do you find this movie like a little bit homoerotic? A lot of bit. A lot of bit homoerotic? <laughs> yeah. Like it's almost, almost point breaky. Yeah. No, it's very much point breaky for sure because there's the the kind of girl star is in between these two guys. But they don't really pay attention to her for much of the movie. And then you have to have the obligatory sex scene to prove that, you know, they're not gay. But then they really do have this stare into each other's eyes, say each other's names in a whispery voice (laughs) a lot. Like, Michael. (laughs) You afraid to face me, David? Huh? Tried to make you immortal. 
You tried to make me a killer! <laughs> you are a killer. <laughs> yeah. And there's a there's a mutual respect there too. So I think uh, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a little bit yeah little bit thing there. It's it's just barely peeking out of the closet. I think though because like it's still very 1987. Oh, that's so funny because they close the closet door a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like Corey Haim is always like, "Mom, can you close the closet?" She's like, "I hate the closet being open." Well, I, mean, <laughs> I sort of wondered too because Corey Haim has a uh, a very sexy man on his wall and. I, Apparently, it's 1980s Rob Lowe yeah. looking like very pouty and like sort of androgynous. Because he was in uh, St. Elmo's Fire, which is the movie uh, Schumacher did before this. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think, I think it's there. <laughs> I think it's there. I think, uh, you know. I think Lost Boys should have embraced it. Should have embraced it. It but... could have been called Found Boys. <laughs> exactly. Well, and yeah. I found myself becoming a vampire. But also I do think that like, you know, you can like definitely read those connections from things like the title. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, in the 80s was also like the AIDS crisis. So in a way, like a lot of. Boys and men didn't and... grow up, you know? Sure, right. And like the fear of blood kind of thing. Fear of in blood. This. And then I, I'd also I'd also say that as as Ginger Snaps was like a, was a Canadian movie about a, a girl becoming a werewolf, but yeah. it was all about her becoming a woman, like getting her period for the first time and stuff like that. Right. And I think that you could read into this becoming a vampire and having like this unnatural quote-unquote thirst uh, for for other human beings, mm-hmm. it could be read into as like a a kind of uh, coming into the fact that you're gay kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, I don't know. I think there's vampirism equals queerness in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, like Corey Haim when he talks about his brother's vampirism, right? And keep in mind, he's at this point only a half vampire, bisexual. <laughs> he's like, you're a shit sucking vampire. And then at one point. He's like about stars. Like, oh yeah, she's a vampire. Don't tell me that that still makes her a good person. Oh, uh, yeah. right. There's like weird. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a like, little bit something the in panic there. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But yeah. Kiefer dies. Kiefer, yeah, he dies oh, on horns. Also, vampires have sparkly blood. Yeah, that I think is also blood. a sign. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that sparkliness would uh, be later used for vampires uh, in the 2000s. So yeah, that's, that's great. They took that straight from this movie. <laughs> but Kiefer dies, and, but they don't turn back. Oh, they don't. Uh, they don't start turning back human. They don't reverse, which means the head vampire m- must still be alive, and. Mm-hmm. Mom comes home with Max, and uh, he sees David, and he is disappointed <laughs> because it ruins his whole plan. He is sort of Jim Brady. I don't know if that was the Brady Bunch's dad's name. Uh, I Jim think that Brady was sounds like a serial Brady killer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy who's a politician. Yeah. But he wanted to do this whole like mixed, blended family with his boys, yeah. the Lost Boys. And, and her Diane boys. Weiss kids. Yeah. And he wanted her to be like the, you know, the matter familius of this vampire family. He wanted mm-hmm. a brood. So she didn't want that. 
No. And he kind of takes her son hostage and is like, let me bite you or, you know, come over here and become part of the family. Mm -hmm. But luckily, Grandpa saves the day as uh, he just sort of rams through the house in his vehicle. That He has like a stake on? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, impales Max and uh, he dies. And then Grandpa just goes to the fridge and he's like, if there's one thing I hate about Santa Clara... It's all the damn vampires. And then they all laugh. Freeze frame. <laughs> that was the best summer ever. <laughs> this goes to Corey Haim in school telling out the story of like what happened over a summer. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, they play that song. Thou shalt not fall. <laughs> that's beautiful. It's a pretty big risk to drive into your own home where your family is being held hostage to hopefully only hit the one vampire that's holding them hostage. I'd say Grandpa was a little drunk that night and just went right through the – he's like, I didn't know this was happening. Oh, he was talking about some other vampires that he yeah. saw on the way back home. Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I mean, they sort of like – when he goes to the fridge, like I think they're sort of playing with the idea that maybe he is the vampire. Yeah. Because there's, like, blood in the fridge or something when he said don't, like, go into the fridge. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, all the taxidermy and, you know, how did the widow Clara or whatever her name yeah. become a widow? Yeah, mm, there you go. That's right. The inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, but he's not. He's not. No. He's all right, well, we're going to be back after this message to talk about some behind-the-scenes trivia and— uh, Suck your blood! <laughs> Suck your blood. Jesus. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, this is Rewatchability. We're back talking about Lost Boys. We're a little lost ourselves. Uh, but we're, we found ourselves with some trivia questions. And uh, Rob, some of these are hard. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, cool. What other movie have Corey... No, I, we've already answered that. How many times in this movie is the character Michael's name said? Oh, I, I couldn't name a number. 82? 118 times. Oh, my God. They do Everyone, say his name a lot. All Every character. Oh, he does have a bit of a Michael Hutchins vibe, too, from In Excess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Yeah. But everyone's like, what are you going to do, Michael? How are you going to not be a vampire, Michael? <laughs> Michael, you coming to the room? It's just like, you can say hey, too, or just not start Drink a the blood, Michael. Name. <laughs> yeah. Mikey likes it. <laughs> There's always blood in the banana stand, Michael. <laughs> um, so it's too much, man. It's, it's too many it's, times. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. But I I was really impressed by Jason Patrick as Michael. And I think that I was impressed because the bar was so low because I only really know him from Speed, Speed 2. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, what happened to his career and was it just Speed 2? Like, did that just... <laughs> That was it, you know? Yeah, it's so weird. He's great in this. He's so good. He's funny. 
He's he, at times he's fun. He like he, you believe him turning into a vampire. You believe yeah. that they want him as a vampire. He's, I liked him. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Michael. So which actor from this movie went on to become Corey Feldman's manager in the 1990s? Oh, did you read this? I, yeah, I did. I don't remember his name though. Is it one of the vampires? Yeah, it's Brooke uh, McCarter, and he's one of the he's one of the vampires. Apparently, they got along so much on set that when his career kind of like it slowed down, he was like, "Well, let me come on and be your manager. Nice. I'm already in the business. Let me help you out." And that worked out really well for Corey Feldman. <laughs> Aww, well, I mean, he did have some success. No, he did. He did. And you know, he, he had some fucking hard a hard start in this business. And, well, and we know why he yeah, has had a hard time. Exactly. And you know, yeah. I'll, you know, I just want to wish Corey Feldman the best. Yeah. Well, he was he was fired from this movie. Was he? Yeah, and then because he was coming down off of a cocaine binge because that that's that's how he was dealing with the oh, abuse man. that he suffered. So, and then the next day he came in and was like, "I'm so sorry, Joel. Like, please let me back on board." And he was like, "All right, let's do it. As long as you don't show up like that again." And he didn't. So, and he was great in this movie. He was so much fun in this movie. He is great. It's he's doing a really weird voice for most of the movie, but I kind of I kind of get it because he's fucking. Eight years old, trying to be a man. You right. Know? No, like, it's true. He's, he's trying to be this like, uh, what's the character's name? This is a vampire hunter, but uh, Van Helsing. Yeah, he's trying to be a Van Helsing, and he's falling way short. And so that like gruff voice of I'm I'm being an action yeah. hero, and then and then screaming like hell when he actually does something is great. It's, it's a good. great break. Yeah, it's, yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. All right. I have a few more questions actually. Uh, Bring them on. This is this is maybe my end of the podcast right here because it's a horrible question. Oh, um, no. But uh, they called Santa Cruz the murder capital of the world in this movie. It was at one point the murder capital of the world because how many serial killers were active at the same time in 1970, 1973? This is fun. But yeah. also I don't feel like I can give a correct answer because there could be – Many serial killers from that period were waiting to discover. Oh man, God just damn. unsolved murders and people going missing. Uh, I think and this is a good bodies showing up on shore drained of blood. I think this is a good time to mention our side podcast, which is a true crime <laughs> podcast. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> I think they're pretty popular now. Vampire or serial killer. <laughs> Yeah. It was three. It was three. And I know that one of them was Ed Kemper, wasn't it? Ed Kemper, who killed six female hitchhikers. Ah, yeah. fuck. And his but mom he, and his one of his good female friends. He's the one that is on Mindhunter. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's really right. fucking disturbing. Yeah, he's disturbing. I fucking... The other one was like Herbert Mullen, who killed 13 people that were aged... From no, fucking... don't, we don't need to know. Yeah, this. all right. Okay, well, what's the other guy? Uh, the other guy. Oh, he's pretty. He's pretty nice, actually. No, he's a serial killer. He's five, five people on a rampage at a at a dentist office, uh, and he said that he was an agent of God to do it. Herbert Mullen killed these people ah. uh, because he thought that each death prevented an earthquake in California. So this is all a lot well, of mental illness, and all the of these people in when they were teens and in their early twenties. We're given psychiatric assessments as uh, one was schizophrenic, one was like – I don't know what the other two were. But they were seen. They just weren't helped. Yeah. So 
That's that's horrible. They were lost boys. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Way so, to bring us down, Blaine. I know. <laughs> I know. Question number 4. Which actor was born in Toronto, Canada, where we're recording this podcast from? I can tell you that. Yeah? It's Corey Haim. Oh, I thought I'd get you. He's thought, a Canadian. Canadian Corey. I thought I'd, I'd, I'd get you because Kiefer Sutherland was a Canadian too. Yeah, but he's uh, from like uh, Alberta or something because his uh, grandpa is like the NDP. Yeah. Like yeah. And he was born in the UK. So oh. there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but Corey Haim, Canadian Corey. Yeah. Who is sadly no longer Wait, with so us. Wait, so Kiefer Sutherland is not Canadian? He's a lie. He's a fucking lie. You have to be born here, Kiefer. <laughs> yeah. You cockney asshole. <laughs> that's what Canada's known for. You have to be born in Canada to be Canadian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, we'll take anybody. <laughs> We're not known for immigration at all, for being a nice, open country. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, we accept. I'm. Just, we're going to accept, like, you know, immigrants from, like, you know, refugees and people from, like, countries that are poor and, you know. But, yeah. Until Brexit happens, UK is still <laughs> a have country. We don't need to be accepting their waifs and strays oh, and once, vampires. Once Brexit happens, we need to take care of those poor, <laughs> poor English folk. Our British cousins. Oh, God. We might need to throw the Queen a bone and give her a job in Parliament. <laughs> There's McDonald's in Parliament, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Would you like fries with that? Oh, I think that's probably t- treason to make fun of the Queen. Oh, God. <laughs> say, uh, the Queen oh, is going to work at McDonald's after Brexit. Oh, she'll be fine. Um, she'll There's a deep fryer. She'll learn how to use it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so how many movies... Harry, pass me more McNuggets. <laughs> All right. Uh, how many movies were the two Corys in? This is feature films. <laughs> I ate five. Eight. Whoa. It was a lot. Of, there was some sequels. A sequel to this movie they were both in. Really? Yeah. And then uh, they had another movie that there was anyway. Yeah, they were there were a bunch of uh, movies. License to Drive, right? You know that was a big one. So yeah, those are all the. That's those the only the one you can name. I, yes, the only one I can name. Yeah, that's right. fair. Right. Uh, Owen Lucas, I think, was okay. one. Uh, so, but this was the first one they were in together. Yeah, that's kind of fun. That's nice. And they became like very entwined. Yeah, they did. They had like an A and E show. Oh yeah, it was, like about their lives and stuff. Yeah, and then of course Corey Haim passed away. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. But uh, Corey Feldman's fighting the good fight in Hollywood right now. You know, he's trying to, like, bring – expose the stuff that's happened to him and and, uh, yeah. and bring to light the, the horrible things that were happening to others in, yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's that's just bringing the podcast down and I, again. Uh, but we're going to keep going because, like vampires, we're eternal. This movie was uh, called Lost Boys for a reason. Oh, because they couldn't find them. <laughs> it was a Where's Waldo uh, <laughs> ripoff for sure. No, this it was based on, uh, of course, Peter Pan. What? Uh, and the uh, the two writers, one of them came up with the idea of being like, well, Peter Pan could fly. He lived forever and had like a like gaggle of people, like a coven kind of thing. Yeah. So he was a witch. I think he was probably a vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I see where you're going. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, Something uh, supernatural. And so the first draft of this movie, uh, which was written by also one of his uh, writing partners uh, who was a writer for the Golden Girls. Ooh. And she also, uh, the woman who wrote this as well, uh, was in a improv troupe with uh, Michael Keaton. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, what well, it was like um who what show was it? Oh, I can't remember. It was like it was like some music show where they would like open for music. Yeah, yeah. With their improv. Like that. Yeah. So weird. But yeah, sure for the Golden Girls and stuff. All it right, was, give me a really place. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laundromat. Okay. <laughs> Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? At a laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Yeah, so that I thought that was a really cool idea and the fact that uh this whole thing was supposed to be Goonies esque. Like the it was all supposed to be kids uh no older than eight right. running around and they were vampire kids too. So like Corey Feldman was a Goonie. Yeah. And so he was supposed to take his Goonie he was supposed to like Bring rub off on this, on this movie. And so they uh, attached Richard Donner. He loved the script. Who directed the Goonies? Who directed the Goonies? And then he loved the script. He loved that they, these kids were vampires as well, and they were like evil kids killing people. Yeah, I think that's great. Evil kids are amazing. Yeah, let the right one in happen, and that was an amazing movie. So then he, the kind of pre-production went on for so long that he went on to do a Lethal Weapon. Uh, which came out the same year as this. And so he had to hire another person. He hired on Joel Schumacher, and Joel Schumacher would only do it if they made them teens because he wanted to make it sexy. Yeah. And he was like, I could make it sexy with these with who we have now, but audiences wouldn't like that. So he was I, I think he's kind of a creep, honestly. Uh but uh What the man who put nipples on the bat suit is a creep? <laughs> So he wanted he, and he he said that he didn't want the a, the a brunette to play the role. He really wanted like a, a wayfish blonde. Right. He wanted to shoot her from all these different angles. But then uh, Robert Patrick worked with Jamie Gertz before on this movie called Solar Babies. Have you ever heard of that? Um, no, but it's Jason Patrick, not Robert Patrick. Oh uh, well, you said Robert Pattinson before <laughs> we're talking about it. Oh, did I? Or Jason Pattinson or something. <laughs> I don't even know. We're all over the place. We don't know actors. But uh, they had worked on this weird post-apocalyptic movie where these <laughs> teens get rain to fall on an arid land. Okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to see it because it sounds so stupid and great at the same time. But yeah, so he got he brought her on board and, and that's kind of the pre-production of this movie. Nice. This movie was filmed in three weeks straight and then done. It, uh, so it was very fast. Wow. Production. And uh, and they got it out the same year as Lethal Weapon. And was it like a big hit? Did everyone love it? Uh, I don't know. I remember it being talked about a lot when it came out um, as a kid. And uh, yeah, I just I just think it's kind of cool that it came out in the same year as like Richard Donner produced this and Lethal Weapon the same year. That's yeah. cool because the sax that was being played on Lethal Weapon was played by the guy. No, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> it wasn't. But that would have been great. Can you put on a shirt and some pants? <laughs> I'm no. too old for this shit. Hey, give me the grease. I can't put on shirt. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's kind of the behind the scenes. Uh, did, but they did make sequels to this. They made two sequels, yes. Right. Uh, did you see any of those? Because no, I know you loved Last Boys. They were direct-to-video sequels. I didn't see them. There was another sequel floated around that was going to kind of do away with those two sequels and be called The Lost Girls. And what? Yeah, and it was girls can't be vampires. <laughs> I mean, there's one in this movie. They've got witches. <laughs> They've got werewolves now. <laughs> 
and they've got Ghostbusters. Why would we do it? Uh, which is actually what Corey Feldman said. What, really? Yeah, he said, uh, well, if you look at the Ghostbusters reboot, that was so unsuccessful that you shouldn't do that again. You shouldn't do girl Lost Girls, uh, but that's at the end of the run of what of the Lost Girls kind of uh, development because it fuck has, it make Lost Girls. It has been around for twenty years. Joel Schumacher wanted to do it in the late nineties, oh. and the script had uh, the script had been written by a screenwriter who then pitched it to the studio, and Joel Schumacher loved it so much that he was like, "I want to develop this," but the studio wouldn't go for it. And so he tried to – it went through development hell. He tried to d- put it to different studios and it never went. Uh, but I kind of want to see what that was. Like yeah. he really wanted biker chick. He wanted the same setup. He wanted like biker chicks and vampires. <laughs> and I think that that could have been kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of – the movies that never were, that's one that I, I would like to have seen. Yeah, Lost uh, Girls. Know. Yeah, the Lost Girls. There is a DC comic that kind of follows what might have been in that story. Oh, really? Yeah, so I kind of want to read that too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you can pick that up if you're really a Lost Boys fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I am. Wow. There was also some alternate casting. Okay. And there was another Canadian floated for the role of the role of Keith Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, I think I know who this is. Jim Carrey? Yeah. So fucking weird. That would be strange. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't want you to suck my blood. All righty then. It's like, what? What is this movie? <laughs> He's, you know, whispering, Michael, out of his butt. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's exactly what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> These things write themselves. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, the, what, what happened behind the scenes and the, and the trivia portion. So did you, when you watch this again... Did you find anything to appreciate in this in this film anew, or was it kind of a slog to get through for you? I have to be honest, I kind of dug it. Yeah. I liked the 80s feel of it, which I think right now we're very primed for with all the Stranger Things nostalgia. For sure. Like, this could very well be Stranger Things season four. Now <laughs> it's vampire carnival time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I and, yeah, I, like, all the... Actors were great. All the characters were great. It was fun. I love the cheesy music. It's so good. There's this one sound. I love the synth. It's so good. Yeah. So it's definitely like an FM synth, but there's one like pitch wheel down sound, which Oh, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so 80s to a T. So bad. Like even synth, even like 80s synth that they make now- like doesn't use that. No. It's too bad. No, it it's sucks too bad. too bad. Everybody knows not to just like, you know, yeah. rip down the pitch wheel like yeah. that. It's so funny. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> Cuz it's so like, you know, and yeah. just that guy in the saxophone. Yeah. I would say that this movie is rewatchable just for that guy <laughs> in the saxophone. <laughs> He's so great. He's I just what who what's his life now? He looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme playing a saxophone in a speedo. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, he's great. Um Yeah, so I I think it's rewatchable. I would totally see a reboot of this done with uh lost people of any gender. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I like Really dug the cinematography of this movie. Yeah, I thought it was it was really well done and shot. Like, and not a lot of eighties movies are are beautiful to look at. Yeah, like we we talk about a lot of movies that seem just like someone put an ugly filter on it. 
like the Blues Brothers and stuff is just awful. <laughs> uh, but this movie is really beautiful, and a lot of frames are like you could blow up and it'd be a poster in and of itself. Um, and the fog and Aust is just set deck. Uh, a lot went into this that was uh, made it a really interesting movie to watch. Yeah, and I think it's. Like, it's a lot more subtle than I remember or think it was. And maybe I'm just judging from Joel Schumacher's Batman right. and some of the other things that he's done. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a very, like, it feels like it's, you know, a real world. It just happens that this gang of troubled youths yeah. suck people's blood instead of doing heroin or yeah, you know, yeah. playing video games at the arcade. Listening to rap music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is the Run DMC walk this way during the uh, surf Nazi killing scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think this movie is just a gem. I, I really love it, and I, it didn't fall in my esteem of it. I think, if anything, looking at the kind of filmmaking that went into it, it kind of raised in my esteem. But knowing what the script could have been, that it could have just been kids, oh, that, that, that would have been great. I don't know. No? I'm fine with it being older kids. And I'm kind of fine with it being like a little bit sexy. I mean, it's, you know, there's something sexy about vampires. Right. You know, and that's part of the attraction to them. I hear you. I know. Just, (laughs) I know. Um, I don't want to see kids sucking blood, you know? Okay. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, so I think we, that's both rewatchable. Yeah. Go check out Lost Boys. Yeah, if, if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Yeah. yeah. Or if you have, maybe it's worth a rewatch. Yeah. Or if you have a lot of time on your hands because you are of the immortal. Oh, ah, 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 ah. It's like you may as well watch Lost Boys because you're going to live forever. Okay, yeah. I see what you're doing there. Oh, yeah. ah, 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 ah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this week on Rewatchability. And for those of you who have gone to uh, patreon.com slash rewatchability, thank you so much for supporting us with your $1, 3 or $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And You can donate blood there too. Uh, you can't. <laughs> you should just go to the blood bank. Give us that. your blood. <laughs> it's in you to give. <laughs> um, go to Facebook. Uh, you can go to Twitter. You can get a T-shirt on TeePublic. And you can go to a website for past episodes. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. And uh, don't uh, don't fall in with any nefarious vampires. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.